Amen. Well, welcome tonight to our uh, Wednesday night, our Wednesday night uh, midweek service. And we're going to get into talking about breadcrumbs. This is part two. I know last week, uh, Minister Lamar uh, did a great job with what is your cure. I haven't had a chance to hear the whole thing. I've heard at least half of it and uh, so far so great. Um, so thank uh, Minister Lamar for uh, stepping in and letting the Lord use him last week. Uh, I appreciate his uh, uh, obedience and his uh, transparency, vulnerability, and liberty, which was uh, exciting to hear and see and also be impacted by, uh, at least what I've heard so far. So let's get into this uh, God's uh, breadcrumbs. Um, just a little review since we skipped a week. Uh, Psalm 37:23. we're not going to go there. I'm just going to give you a review. We talked about the last time that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 119, 133 through 136, within that package, God says, well, the psalmist says, order my steps. Key thing here, underline it, highlight it, however you want to indicate it, uh, copy and paste it. Order my steps in your word. So, I, you know, I, I use my imagination and I picture uh, uh, the psalmist wanting to each step, the, uh, he steps on top of the word. Like every step is a step on top of the word. Uh, you know, so you take the step and the word uh, shows up before you land in midair and, 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 and becomes your support. Um, and so we talked about breadcrumbs as uh, a part of these steps because they're the signs or the confirmation of purpose on that path, the confirmation of purpose on that path, and, and how it, the breadcrumbs line up with God's Word, because God's Word, of course, is God's will. We've been talking about life purpose in Master Life class on Sunday mornings at 9.15. And so we start out with understanding what God's will is for our life, and we start taking steps based on that unction or based on that, that motivation or that, that moving or that leading of the spirit and the, the breadcrumbs confirm we're going in the right direction. Uh, we talked about in Ephesians 5, 17, be not unwise, right? Know what the will of the Lord is. Be not unwise, but know, be assured, be intimate with what the will of the Lord is. So uh, for me, I read through that and I say, hey, if we don't know what the will of the Lord is, we're not making wise moves or steps in our life, right? And so we talked about how these breadcrumbs, these signs are everywhere. They're everywhere. You know, if you don't know where you're going, you'll drive right past these indicators or these signs. Like if you have no idea where you're going and you just get on the freeway aimlessly, there's plenty of green signs you'll drive right by, even though those could be indications of directions and places you should be going in. You know, these days you have all this social distancing and there's 
arrows and this, that, and the other. We were in the store the other day, and we were going out, and I turned around to go the other way. And so my wife said, well, no, we, 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 we came in that way. I said, yeah, but the arrows is telling us we have to go this way. There were signs. There's always a sign. As You know, we, we talk about this a lot. We're driving. You know, we're looking for landmarks and signs, right? And it's, it's interesting. Um, when we talked about this the last time, Ty brought out uh, mile markers. And a lot of people don't even pay attention to mile markers. They don't know that they exist uh, they drive by them all the time on the highway. But the interesting thing is as you're drying, driving in between all these signs, there are mile markers, letting you know how, what mile you're at, indicating how close you are to whatever exit you're trying to get to. Um, and so those mile markers are there all the time. Just, so you know the progression of where you're at and how close you are based on the mile markers. They're like breadcrumbs. They're letting you know you're getting closer and closer, right? Closer and closer. So, so as, as we were talking about this the last time, you know, uh, Pastor Mel, uh, she uh, mouthed to me, you know, y'all didn't see her, but she was talking about just us. She mentioned 10, 10, 10. And so we were at a retreat for the last two days. I guess it's two days, you know. You know, uh, if you add it up, the, the times we were ministered to was two days, but we, you know, we got there Monday night. We just got in town, but we got there Monday night. I had, had the word Monday night. Tuesday was a couple, three times, Tuesday. Yeah, three times Tuesday. And then this morning, uh, uh, we got some word. Then we spent some time with being a blessing to a college student, and then we came home. But the interesting thing is, we, you know, we've been in this environment before, but God keeps changing the narrative. Like, we show up and, you know, I think there's things we put on prayer cards that are, have actually happened. And so, we, we're, we're telling a story, and, and we live in the story, but when you live in the story and you tell a story, it just comes across different. Like, while you're telling it, you know, my wife kept saying, I know this doesn't even sound believable, but it's true. She just kept saying it, it's true. And one of the things that came out as we were talking, we were talking how we, uh, our last service at the, at the last church we was at was 10, 10, 10 at the 10 a.m. service. And so even when we were getting close to that service, it was, we were going places, going to the mall, and they, were, they had signs, breadcrumbs, signs going 10, 10, 10, never before and never again. And these weren't Christian places. It could, it could be, a, well, I don't want to say the name, but it's a gift shop, very famous gift shop. 10, 10, 10, never before, never again. So what they were saying is there's hasn't been a 10, 10, 10. But, of course, since it, it was more secular, they didn't realize there was one other one in, in God times. But it wasn't a whole, you know, by the time Jesus comes, that will be the last 10, 10, 10. Now, now the number 10 means full circle. You know, my, I research stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just so many 10s in the Bible. But I won't get into that right now. So we leave 10, 10, 10 at the 10 a.m. service. So I was praying to the Lord. And when I was praying to the Lord, um, we were doing the Bible study at the house. And I said, well, God. You know, it's my, how I talk to him. I say, well, God, so, this, so you brought us out here for this. This is it, huh? I said, we're just going to be doing Bible study at the house. Just seemed like you got more going on. And, and he said, uh, 
you guys will have your first service 10 months after you left the other location. So I, did, so I calculated it. So I said, well, 10 months from the other location. It's October, so that's August. This is June. No building, no money. You know? So I said, hmm, that's going to be interesting. See how that's going to happen. A couple days later, on 6-4, which equals 10, we get a $10,000 check. And that's how we got uh, the dance studio we was in, right? And so, and then the first service, the offering total, we just, we just looking at 10s. It was 10-10. No, it was, it was uh, it, no, no. Well, somebody gave us 2,800. Uh, the pastor came out and gave us 2,800. But the total, it was 46 people, right? And the, the total offering was, hold on, it was $3,682. So, no, $4,682. So, four, six is 10, eight, two is 10. Right? No, it was just, it was just rolling like this. And so, so, so we're, we're, we're telling a story. I know it was a thousand other tens. Then we realized, you know, my birthday's eight, two. You know, like August 2nd. You know, it was just stuff just popping out of nowhere. No, I was about to say, I was about to say that now. And so, as we're telling the story at the retreat, I realized, I was telling the guy, it was new beginnings. I said, how God works. Again, signs. So he told us new beginnings. And the confirmation was the new beginnings that was happening to the people in the church up to that time. And then in the eighth month, new beginnings was when we closed on this building. And then a week later, we closed on our first, no, we closed on selling our home. But I hadn't, I, I forgot about like the, uh, we, we, our, our move time was October. That's when we, because we let them stay in here for t two months. So that was the 10th month again, you know. So uh, all breadcrumbs, all signs, and, and things would happen. You know, our, we have an alarm that goes off on the phone at 10.10 every day, and we, we confess we're in a good place. Um, that's going to be significant, y'all. It's going to be significant. All right, so it's going to be significant. It's, it's Sometimes I'll be telling advanced information, but look, that was a breadcrumb, <laughs> right? So, so, so you start to see, like, you know, every time something happens, God uses things to show you you're going in the right direction to break. So you're taking a step by faith, and he just keeps showing you the breadcrumbs. But you got to take the step first, as we talked about um, in the last couple of weeks. So let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, um, verse 10. Oh, this is good. So, verse 10. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Right, so it's all about God's will and his kingdom, his rule, his reign, and what he's purposed in our lives, right? Look at verse 11. Right after he said that, give us this day what? Our daily bread. So it's almost like, okay, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But give us our daily breadcrumbs so we can harmonize with your kingdom and, and your will, right? Give us the daily breadcrumbs so we can harmonize with your kingdom and your will. Let's look here at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. 
think if we get this part today, then if we, we uh, stick to it like a spiritual super glue, um, it will carry us into, uh, into a momentum to close out this year that will change our lives forever. That's not my notes. All right, so, so John 6, 46 through 51, and for the sake of time, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who was with the Father and who is from God. He alone has seen the Father, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, he who believes in me as Savior, whoever adheres to, trust in, relies on, and has faith in me already, has eternal life. Ooh, please don't let me forget this scripture. It just made me connect to something. Has eternal life. So it's almost like it's a guarantee uh, you'll be in heaven, right? Because if you have me, you have eternal life. It's not, it's, right? If you, now again, so, some people might say, well, I have to confess Jesus. It's a little dicey as to if you really have them or not. But let's just get into this. It says, that is now, uh, he said, that is now possess it. He says that we possess eternal life. Why? Because eternal life is within him, right? It says, I'm the bread of life. Look, the living bread which gives and sustains life. Um, Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died, right? Now, now that, that, that was a miracle that came down from heaven, right? Right? So, it was, it was miracle breadcrumb, <laughs> right? It came down from heaven, right? It says, this is the bread that comes down out of, um, it, says, it says, they got manna in the wilderness and they died. It says, this is the bread that comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. So, he's saying that they received a, a, a miracle uh, uh, bread but they died. Uh, it didn't last, basically, right? It says, but this bread that comes down from heaven, they may eat and not die. It says, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, believes in me, accepts me as Savior, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh and my body. So, you got a whole nother angle here. It's a lot in this, in this scripture, this is not uh, the purpose of our teaching today, but I, but I do want to highlight this. So, I, so well, I was reading through this and I was like, wow. I said, so the manna didn't come from earth. You know, that was, what you call it back? What'd you say manna? The, the, what, is this? what is this? That's, that's what it means, right? That's what it means. What is this? Right? Because it was something that they had never seen before. But that was something given to them, you know, based on their complaints, and it was something to temporarily sustain them, to keep them going. So if we, if we, if we, if we take this and, and just kind of turn it into almost a, par- a parable in a way, we could say, like, you have, you have things that are given to you that, that they can sustain you for a short period of time, but eventually it'll run out. But the things that God is trying to give, and to, give to us will last, right? So, if I think about the, the, uh, God being a bread of life, so everything, every, look, so he's the bread, and each bread crumb that we see along the way, uh, 
gives us life and it helps us to keep going. But the goal is not for us to be, uh, uh, how can I say, not for us to get it all at one time. We're going to God every day to what? To get our daily bread, right? To get the daily uh, confirmation that we're going in the right direction. So we have to stay in what? A communion, a relationship with God, right? Right, not, okay, just give me as much as you give me now and then go about your business. I don't want to have nothing to do with you no more. No, it's, it keeps us in communion with God. Now, we know this in Matthew 4.4. 4, uh, it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, again, he was given a manna in the wilderness to satisfy their natural appetite, right? But the Scripture says, having your natural appetite uh, satisfied, right, Okay, that, that sustains you temporarily, but man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, so we can't get over-dependent on uh, some of the things that, 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 how can I say, that gives us assurance. We have to be dependent on uh, God's word, like what God has to say, uh, even signs, uh, signs are cool, but you don't want to be over-dependent on signs or breadcrumbs because this is a faith life. God wants us to take his word for it. So, so, so before you even get a confirmation, God wants us to take his word for it. Like God said it, I believe it, that settles it, right? It, uh, uh, it's a song, we can play it at the end. Uh, I hope it's, it, it should be on a playlist if not, you can find it. It's a man of your word, and it's by uh, Maverick City. Uh, when I said that, you remind me, if you, if you said it, I believe it. <laughs> if you said it, I, I love that song. But anyway, let's get back focus here, right? Uh, so God wants us to take his word for it. God wants us to take his word for it. God wants us to take his word for it. Let's look at Acts 2. I'm going to try to walk through what I have here for you. All right, Acts 2. So again, remember we talked about it last time, a couple weeks ago, that these breadcrumbs are working with the word. The signs, like working with the word with signs following is what the scripture says. Like working with the word with signs, you know, so you have the uh, uh, you have the word and signs following. You have the, the, the steps and signs following. I think I'm mixing up the scripture, even how I expressed it, but hopefully none of the scholars focus too much on that and, 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 and get the gist of what I'm trying to communicate. All right, just trying to flow more than be a scholar right now. All right, so Acts 2.22, it says, uh, it says, ye men of Israel, hear these words, right? Hear these words, right? Jesus, is, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, how did he approve Jesus? By miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, and ye yourselves should also know. And so he's saying that, that God approved him. He showed the breadcrumbs 
to show who Jesus was and why you should have received him as soon as he approached you, but people still didn't see him. We know this because they still crucified him. They chased him out of towns. So as the scripture says, he came unto his own and they received him not. Like, so God sent signs and wonders that no one ever saw. So you would go, based on the signs and wonders, oh, now, now, that guy right there, or that woman right there, they're from God. But people still crucified him. Like, how is that possible? Like, you got Christ, you're hearing things you never heard before. You're seeing things you never saw before, but they st- people still were so hard and clouded in their heart, they crucified him. So that's, that's the interesting thing. Even signs and wonders have a shelf life, you know, of, 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 of inspiration, you know, like, so I guess we have to appreciate the breadcrumbs while they are seen, you know, before they get eaten up by uh, deception, adversary, and people trying to manipulate us, Right? So let's look here at um, 1 John 2. 1 John 2. Uh, and, and there's a, I'm trying to build on a point when I said that they, even the signs and wonders and miracles, they still didn't receive Jesus, who was the Word in the flesh, right? The Word in the flesh. So 1 John 2.20. 1 John 2.20. Trying not to be so scripted, I'm not flowing. So, First uh, John two twenty says, "But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things." So, so where this ties in in our case that we're building this evening is so you have you have the breadcrumbs or confirmation after we take steps of obedience. The obedience is really us being led by God's word or his will. We're trusting in his will. We're taking a step based on the word that we heard. And then we get the signs or the breadcrumbs to confirm we're going in the right direction, right? But again, we can't be over dependent on the the breadcrumbs because we've all lived life where it seems like the breadcrumbs, uh, it seems like there is no breadcrumbs. It's like you just got to go with the leading. You know, you got to trust what God says. You know, my wife said this one time, she says, well, it's just, you know, God told her because some people had, um, uh, we'll just say, falsely accused her uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't think they were falsely accused her, but that's how it played out. And so when it was all cleared up, the people that falsely accused her was not in this particular uh, room at the time. And so she prayed to God, and God said, well, if only you and me know, there has to be enough. Right? So when God tells you something, if only you and God knows, there has to be enough. Yeah, sometimes we're seeking for a thousand people to, hey, so what do you think? Hey, so what do you think? Hey, so what do you think? Hey, and, and sometimes you get people that agree with you and sometimes you don't. But how about what did God say, not what everybody else thinks? You know, I mean, imagine if Moses did that. He was up there with, with God by himself wasn't a bunch of people up there. So even if he came down and said, hey, what do you think about these Ten Commandments? First of all, I don't even know what this stuff is. <laughs> I don't even know this stuff, right? So, so he had to believe God at his word. Now, of course, God gave him some signs later, well, quite some real serious miraculous signs. All right, so we must return to trusting and relying on God's word 
and the Holy Spirit's leading. We have to return to knowing. We talked about that. So you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Well, why is that important? Because now you have the Holy Spirit, is, he's, he's involved now. So you have Jesus coming to his own and receive him not. You have God confirming Jesus with signs, wonders, and miracles. This was after he said, this is my son, one well pleased in front of the crew, you know, in front of, front of John and some people. So, so God's constantly confirming, hey, this is my son. And, and what he says, I'm endorsing. So he also has the Holy Spirit now saying what Jesus would say. So even when Christ left to back his word up, he left us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, what? Shows us things to come, right? He's our comforter. He's our standby. He's our friend, right? So we have to trust to relying on God's word and the Holy Spirit is leading. Holy Spirit is leading us to harmonize with God's word, which is the key to uh, the fulfillment in our life. And so I was, we, were, we were out at this uh, retreat, I told you, and, and um, this really stood out for, this, this lined up with what I'm talking about today. So Luke 16, let's go to Luke 16, it's a little audible, wasn't originally in my notes, but. Uh, let's see. So, so I'm going to give you the backdrop, backdrop for the sake of time. So you have this certain rich man who, who was doing well. He's doing great in his life. And then, um, and then you had this beggar, Lazarus, who they threw at his, at his gate. Uh, so rich man's doing great. You know, obviously, if he has a gated house, he's doing pretty good. So, that, so people figure this, this, this guy, Lazarus, needs some help. We'll put him at your gate. And... The guy just ignored him. You know, uh, you could tell he was about to die, what the scripture says. So he just ignored him. So eventually they both died. You know, so one person knew they were going to look like they was going to die, as I heard earlier by uh, 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 Reverend Moeller. But one person didn't know, which was the rich person. So they both died. And it says uh, one was in hell and one was in heaven. So it says Abraham was in heaven. It's, well, it says... And they put Lazarus, the, 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 uh, the uh, person that was doing, we'll just, for conversation, we'll say the bum, right? We'll, we'll say the bum, they put him in Abraham's bosom. That word bosom in the Greek means paradise, Abraham's paradise. And so the other guy's in hell, and he looks over, and he's like, man. He said, Abraham, could you tell Lazarus if he just take his finger and dip it in the water? just so I can get a taste, because he's in torment, is what the scripture says. So let me just take a little side journey and explain torment. So torment covers a lot of things. Obviously, if you're burning forever, that's torment. But burning forever is not just physical fire. Let's say if a person is so, uh, uh, so full of lust, so you could pick up something. You could pick up lust to drink, lust to smoke, whatever. Well, the thing is, when you go into hell, you can't satisfy that thirst. So think about a thirst that is hard to satisfy. Now, imagine having that thirst and not having it quenched for eternity. That's, that would be a torment, wouldn't it? Right. So, so like my wife said, if you had an itch that you had to scratch and you couldn't, you couldn't satisfy the itch for eternity. No, no, no. No, not, we're not talking about for eternity. Like, you, you, you never get it satisfied. That's why the Bible says 
well, not the Bible, but the, uh, one of the definitions for lust is insatiable, unsatisfiable. But imagine crossing that into eternity. That's why it's dangerous, uh, it's dangerous to take your life because most people are taking their life for what? Relief, right? Well, the thing is, you're taking your life for relief, but you took your life. You didn't transition. You took your life. So you, you're in torment with the same pain, but only for eternity. So it's not a relief. You just magnified it forever. At least on the earth realm, you had an opportunity to be restored, to be healed, for things to be adjusted. But now you're in eternity. However you felt, you just took it into eternity. So that would be dangerous to take your life. I just thought I slipped that in there for somebody that might have been thinking that it's going to be better on that side. No, it's not. All right, so, so we talked about this torment here and, and Lazarus wanting relief. So he tells Abraham, let me see if I can find it here. Well, he asked Abraham, he says, Abraham, he cried, said, okay, verse 24, where Luke 16, 24, says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Right? And he says, but Abraham says, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf or a boundary. Fixed. That means once you get here, it ain't no negotiation, right? He says, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence, from where you are. Once you're there, that's where you are. He says, then he, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. So he said, okay, I'm done. I'm in eternity in torment. There's no hope for me. But I was getting information and breadcrumbs that I didn't pay attention to. He says, so send them to my father's house. And so they almost like, hey, 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 hey. I got, I, you know, your, your brother told me to come to you and let y'all know, pay attention. Because he didn't and he's in torment, right? So he's like, hey, just send them to my house. Come on, look out for me, Right? Verse 28, he says, for I have five brethren that, that he may testify unto them, lest they come into this place of torment. I don't want this to happen to them. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Key, underline, circle it, Moses and the prophets. Basically, the law and the prophets, they have the word, right? He says, let them hear them. They're given what they need to make sure they never deal with torment ever in their life. Right? That's basically what he's saying. Right? And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rose from the dead. So this is so interesting. I, I have here uh, indicated in my Bible, one rose from the dead. I have Jesus written in my Bible because Remember, Jesus actually came from the dead, was walking with the disciples. They didn't even know it was him. Talking to them about the word, they, 
they couldn't even process it. Jesus had to supernaturally open their eyes for them to perceive not just it was him, but what he was saying. So not, so he had to open their eyes for them to see the word in the flesh and to hear what he was saying, the breadcrumbs. Like, he came from the dead. So, so Abraham was like, somebody come from the dead, it doesn't necessarily mean people are going to hear him. If they're not going to hear the word that's been given to them by Moses and the prophets, they have all the word they need. Now, we are, have another benefit. We have the word, the prophet. We have the gospels. We have the epistles. Right? We have the Holy Spirit who will show, he'll, he'll teach us all things. We have a whole lot more than just that. But he's saying if all you had was just Moses, the law, and the prophets, that should be enough for you actually to be fulfilled for the rest of your life. But the interesting thing is we actually decide whether or not we want to receive God's word. We don't take God's word for it. And what's so interesting, how do we make this decision? We actually have to see ourselves as more valuable and more authoritative than God. Right? I mean, if you just think about it, if I I go, uh, I used to do this, uh, I, I taught on our Wednesday midday service at the last church we was at. And just so happened because it's during the day, um, we're going to do a during the day thing, you know, for people that have different schedules. Uh, but uh, it was during the day, so you had a lot of older people there because they didn't have to work, retired. And so the Holy Spirit showed me, and I discerned, we talked about flowing in the Spirit. You know, someone was in there almost like with a clipboard, you know. See what this young buck talking about. Now, I'm just the vessel. God's talking. It's God's word. But so for someone to sit there, and I said this actually while I was teaching, I said, for somebody to sit there with a clipboard, so you have all knowledge already. You're saying you have all knowledge, and it's your job to assess what the man of God that God has set apart to communicate this word through, set apart. Let me just see if this is legit. If I think, if I'm going to like this or not, if this satisfies me. And I, you know, that's a good point. I feel that, but I'm not doing that. And I think people, to justify, they think I'm not doing it because Pastor Mel said it or Pastor Keith said it. But these aren't my words. (laughs) This is God's. I'm the vessel. So when 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 we select or decide which bread come to follow, the bread comes to showing you exactly which way to go. It's confirming this is you going in the right direction. But you decide we want to go over here, or we decide we want to do this, or sometimes we go, eh, that's not important right now. And we find ourselves frustrated um, because we're not following the, the, the breadcrumbs. We're not following God's word. We're not taking his word. We're questioning his word, and a lot of times we question his word because it doesn't line up with our compromise. You know, and, and that's, not, that's not me putting nobody down. When I questioned the word, it wouldn't line up. Look, you ever, as you're growing, you hear something, you're not really going to investigate it because it's challenging something that you like to do or something that's hard for you to change. So, what you say to yourself, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I understand, but there, there's exceptions to the rule. Oh, this is, 
Where do you think these things like, don't judge me, where did that come from? Who invented it as a response? Do you think the person invented it as a response was somebody walking and living righteously and holy? Right? I mean, if you think about where these little different phrases, God knows my heart. Like I was watching something the other day, and a person said that. He said, God knows my heart. And now this person was like a, a, a gangster. Like he was, a, it was a, a movie, but, and I was like, did he just say God knows my heart? Now he was, I mean, his, his, his thing was he's killing folk. But his thing, hey man, you know, you know, he had, you know, his, God knows my heart. Where do you think those phrases come from? And, and I, have, I, have, I always think about this. When God's word is going to be, ah, it could be Wednesday, it could be whatever, it could be online, it could be a conference call. Why is it uh, more optional than, I don't know, a baby shower? You know, so, you, you, people will have tight schedules, limited resources, and will break their neck for certain things, right? And, and fine, hey, they have a passion for it. But I just think, like, the word that's about to change your life, we're casual with. But other things that may just be a good day of conversation, we're going to break our neck for. It's, it's, you know, when you start to process through it, can we get back to valuing God's word? It wasn't always easily available like this. I have friends that uh, do missionary work in other countries. Some of these countries, we were talking to a couple, and it's like, yeah, we're moving. So, oh, yeah, well, you found another location. No, we have to move because they're killing Christians over there for doing the Bible. And they have to do Bible underground. Like, they just can't be walking around with a Bible. But we can. Like, these people are risking their lives to make sure they are in the Word and get the Word and we think it's okay. Well, I was here, so you're lucky I showed up. And then you want me to, to follow along and take notes too? Come on, that's a little bit too much. Like, I, I showed up. I didn't do that much of a favor. These people wish they had a Bible. We sometimes don't even pick ours up. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's amazing and, you know, They've, they've prophesied the Bible won't always be available. Some of us going to be, be like, we're going to have to be like the book of Eli. We have to, you know, we have so much word in us. You know, they'll be sitting there interviewing you. Now, now, you know, some of us may be packing uh, 20 books. Somebody else may be packing the certain book. And we just get together and have to write the Bible back out, you know. Would you be on the team? <laughs> You know, because you, you, uh, the word if I hit my heart that I might not sin against thee. So, I, so it's, and, and the word is so important because we need to know God's will, harmonize with God's will. That's what our fulfillment is. And we need to understand God loves us and his plan is better than ours. So this is not, uh, obviously we talk about a lot, not an indictment, but just kind of like a, hey, let's think about where are we with God's word and how valuable is it to us? And is it more valuable than our own understanding? Is it more valuable than uh, maybe some of the things that we're either pressured to do or maybe is more comfortable for us to do? But is, is because I, I've, I've been interviewing folk and some people are really frustrated with their position. So if I, if I, if I asked 
anybody frustrated their position, where is your position with the word? My wife was saying something I thought was powerful. She was, we were talking to a young man today, and she referenced something that she shared with one of our family members. And so she was like, where are you with, I think, God, right? And, and no. Yeah, before, before you got to that, what was your first question? Before you was breaking down the favor. What was the silent response when you got all silence? Remember, it was a long period of silence, or was that, was that another oh, conversation? No, I said, I said, what are you, uh, are you sold out, and what does that Okay, mean? good. Are you sold out, and what does that look like? That was the question. And, and it, you know, it was a long pause. So then, yeah, long pause. Uh, so, so then she started saying, well, you need favor with God and man. And, and, and I'm not going to say it exactly the way she said it. Uh, but, but what stood out was she said, so she used, you know, now she's been around these athletes, so she used athletic stuff. So she says, like, with basketball, you know, if they're throwing you the ball, you have to be in the right position to catch it. And she, she didn't realize I was going up the stairs. I said, that's a good analogy, because uh, when I was working my grandson out, he was doing drills, and he would run to the spot like this. I said, nah, grandson. I said, it's time. I said, catch and shoot, so you got to have your hands ready. So keep your hands out in front of your ready. So if you get your hands ready, I throw you the ball, you catch, shoot. I said, but if you don't have your hands ready, your hands like this, you got to get your hands ready. That's going to take time off. You got to set yourself, and then you shoot. Well, the defense could play you. Now, I want you to catch it and shoot it. Catch it and shoot it. Just catch and shoot. So she said, well, if you position yourself right and you have your hands ready, you're ready when they throw you the ball to catch it, right? She says the same thing. She says, the same thing in your relationship with God. You have to position yourself. You have to be in the right place. And, and then she was talking earlier today. She said, they throw the ball over here, but you're running over here. You're not going to be in position to receive the ball. You're, you're, you're running the wrong play, right? These guys know that. Football, you know, they call this play. You know, you run it back. You run it out the backfield. You're going to run, a, uh, you're going to run a out, but you decide to run a crossing pattern. God throws the football to the out. We in the stands going, this fool threw, threw an interception. No, you were in the wrong place. You went the wrong way, <laughs> right? So she was saying that. She said, so you want favor with God. And man, you have to be in the right position. You have to be in the right place to receive what God has for you, right? And so the breadcrumbs, it keeps you in line. Like, so if, if I take this step and the bread comes there, and I take this step and the bread comes there, and I keep taking steps, I, God's sending what, what, what's going to fulfill me in this position, in these positions. But if I decide to go over here, I'm going to see God, God done forgot about me. No, I forgot about God. I'm off his path because it was uncomfortable, because uh, it was taking too long, or because I, I just, I thought he forgot about me. You know, so I got in my head and out of his word. You see what I'm saying? I got, I got in what they were saying and forgot about what he's saying. I started to justify my compromise. I started to believe it wasn't going to happen, so I started to satisfy myself. And the more I satisfied myself, I got more clouded. But I didn't think I was clouded. I thought I was seeing clearly, but I was clouded. And then I was so clouded Every time he came to me and showed me signs, I couldn't even receive them. I couldn't process them. Like, like when he was walking, he was walking. Come on, Jesus walking with you and talking with you. They didn't recognize him and didn't understand what he was saying. 
They talking about fish, man. Jesus is like giving them information. Then when he opened their eyes, it says, did not our hearts burn? They was like, wait a minute. We was with Jesus, right? And, and so when we start to wake up, the interest of the word bring of light gives understanding to the simple, we'll start to see uh, Psalm 119, 130. We'll start to see stuff that was there all the time. There's signs and indicate, I don't know where to go. I don't know what I'm purposed to do. I don't know what choice I should make. God will give you your daily bread. So he'll tell you what step to take. But then we get in our head, uh, wow, we want to go to sleep that night. Well, I just think this. Well, maybe I should think this. Was, was this the right step? Well, it doesn't look like a whole lot of things are happening at this step. Well, this, well, well, you know, did I take the step the right way? Should I have went sideways? Maybe I was off on the angle of the step. Maybe I should have been going backwards. Maybe I should have been on my toes. Well, I don't know. Maybe God didn't tell me. That could have been me. It's, I felt the peace, but was it a peace or was it you know, that, you know, I, I drunk some NyQuil. I just don't know. And then, well, I, you know what? This is crazy. God doesn't love me. He's not thinking about me. Why would he want to think about me? I'm not that important to God anyway. That, Pastor Mal, she's important. But me, why would God want to think? We're going through all this. We still haven't moved to the next step. We can't see the next breadcrumb with all that analyst, with all that Elevating ourselves above what God has said about us in his word, right? And, and, and establishing our own estimation of ourselves to justify us not moving down God's road. We, we, we've told ourselves we're not valuable, we're not worth it. Who's going to think about me? We've got all that. And, and, and so God is like, wait a minute, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Did you read those? <laughs> Did you read what I, what I went through to make you, design you? Did you read that? Now, you may, not look, you may look in the mirror and not see what I designed, but it's not because I changed it. You may look in the mirror and not see what I designed, but it's not because I changed it. Right? See, 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 that, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we're getting the results of everything outside of God's will outside of God's word. Instead of going, obviously, this is the wrong way. I was driving. Um, we, you know, you're driving. And so we, we got in this no man's land. I'm going, oh, no, this is obviously the wrong way. I'm not going to continue down that road. It's the wrong way. You see, I'm, I'm just, we, we got, let's, let's turn around and get right back on the right road. I was, I was listening to a song, uh, and it said, well, you don't have to repent if you stay in his will. What is that a repent for? You're in line with his will. So, so, so like, like, can we return to God's will? Look, look at this, uh, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Moses and the prophets, that's all we need. It ain't that deep. It's all we need, but he's given us more. He's given us the gospels, the epistles. He's given us so much. All right, so I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Mark chapter 3, 31 through 35. Mark chapter 3, 31 through 35. This is great. 
So uh, then his mother and his brothers arrived, standing outside. They sent word to him and called for him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said unto him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Now, now, now these are people that's familiar with him, that's had authority in his life, right? And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? He said, looking at those who were sitting in the circle around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. He says, for whosoever does the will of God by believing in me and following me, he is my brother and sister and mother. So, you know, Jesus rolling. He's in the house. Signs, wonders, and miracles. They rolled up. Why ain't going to the house and just participate with everybody else? They outside. Hey, tell Jesus we out here. So, so we want to show everybody, yeah, y'all, y'all, he's the Messiah to y'all, but he's just little old carpenter Jesus to us. It's our brother. Jesus said, you go back and tell them the people that's doing my father's will. He, he, he discerned, he perceived what their motive was, but he said this. He didn't even put his family before God's will. Ooh, that would preach right there, wouldn't it? All right, so... so so it, it reminds me of when we were talking about master life class, like you start off with God's life purpose. Your goals are the steps or we could say the uh, breadcrumbs to those purpose. Your priorities are based on God's goals and purpose, and that equals his promises. So remember, we talked about how Caleb said, oh, oh, give me the mountain. I've been doing God's purpose. My goals have been leading me towards God's purpose. I prioritize my life after God's purpose, and God's promised me, he's promised me I had his mountain. So, Joshua, I went into, spy out the land, I came back and said, oh, no, no, I believe God. That's what the challenge was. The other one said, man, there's giants in the land, man. We can't go, we can't go in there. And Caleb and Joshua was like, oh, we were well able to possess the land, not because of their own ability. God's word sent them there. God said, this is where you should go. This is the land of milk and honey. He didn't say, but if there's giants, oh, man, we're in trouble. Long as God said it, Caleb and Joshua was like, God said said it, I believe it. He's a man of his word. So so their confidence wasn't in themselves, it was in God's word. And they ran into circumstances. The other ones, they said they brought an evil report. Yeah, yeah, it's what God said. It's land flowing with milk and honey, man. But man, it's giants in the land. There's circumstances, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, I understand. But why would God send us in this place with circumstances? Because the circumstances don't mean nothing to God. My word is more powerful. My word will go out, won't return to me void. It'll accomplish what I sent it to do, Isaiah 55, 11. So if your life is hinged on his word, you're unstoppable. If your life is hinged on your word, we're shooting dice. If your life is, is, is hinged on what they say, what they say. Listen, I'm talking to, to middle school students, high school students, and you got other kids have more influence over you than God. They just, just figure life out. They just are good talkers. I know. I grew up with them, and I became one. They're just good talkers. They're figuring it out too. They're kids. They're not, okay, they're basing it on life experience. You guys in high school, all these people talking about what you should and should not do, pressure you, 
tell you weak, you this, that, and the other. What are they based on life experience? They made it alone. They just got to high school like you. But we're talking about infinite years of experience right here with the person that designed us. Ain't that a trick? You got people that don't even know your design. You got coaches don't even know how to customize plays for you because they got a cookie-cutter program, and, it, and you're, you're an anomaly. They're not looking through the manual to say, okay, based on the manual, we're going to have to change everything we're doing. This is a gift. We're going to have to shift what we do. We've got to customize it. No, they, they cook a cookie cutter in it. Some, some teachers, it's cookie cutter. Everybody don't learn the same way. And I'm not talking about, some of us are visual learners and some of us are, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's, because we're all visual learners. Even if you like written stuff, you got to see it. You know, everybody has to see it. But there is customized ways to get people to do stuff. My grandson, we was going through drills. And so, you know, we're shooting with both hands, you know, so he's shooting with his left hand and he's stronger with his right hand. So it's a drill. We was showing him the drill, but he kept putting his elbow out. So as he put his elbow out, I said, okay, you, got, you want to put your elbow in? Remember the drill. We got a drill. I learned from a, a, a New York Knicks player, Bernard King. So I was showing him the drill. So he, 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 he wasn't getting the drill right. He kept putting his elbow out. So I said, hey, try this. I never told nobody this. I said, try this. Just rub the elbow against your body. I said, feel it. So now the drill is... Okay, feel it on your body, follow through. Feel it on your body, follow through. Feel and that dude just started knocking down with, with the left hand. He just started knocking them down. He just started knocking. Why? So it was customized for him. So every time he did something, okay, let's try this. So every time the Holy Spirit would say, well, let's do it this way, and that'll make it easier for him to do it. So have him lift this leg, you know, because that's shooting with one motion. You know, just have him do this. He couldn't spin the ball. Okay, do this drill. Spin it this way. And then spin it this way. And then he just thought, he was spinning. He might see this. I want to keep him humble. But he was putting a spin on the ball I I can't even do. He just, that ball was going to the top of the backboard, spinning and dropping in. I said, I don't think this kid know what he's doing. But it was customized for him, so it brought out what he could do. And this is the thing. This is customized for us. The more we read it, the more we see, the more we conform into his image and his likeness. It says, look, it's like looking in the mirror, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, and you're changed into his image day by day. How he, he fearfully and wonderfully designed you. You were something when you was in, the, in your mother's womb. Every time we, we, we fade away from God's will and God's word, we fade into perversion, twistedness, and compromise. When we harmonize with his word, we, we transform into these great people. But we tell ourselves, we excuse the compromise because we just want to feel good today at the expense of greatness tomorrow. It doesn't even line up. And then we walk around depressed. I don't understand why this is happening to me. Well, why, 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 why they treat me this way? Why nobody thought about me? We the one that got off the, off the locked into God's word train. Does that make sense? Why are you so hyped? Don't know. Just maybe, maybe it's just the way the week was rolling. Let's look at uh, 
Uh, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. It's familiar scripture. We talk about around here a lot. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, and we'll do verse 36. All right, well, let's do verse 35. It says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Now, this is your confidence in his will and what he's told you to do. It says, you know how I know this? Because verse 36 says, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And so there's a trust through the process. There's a trust through the process that God told me something. So this is what I encourage. Oh, this is good. So in my, in my life, once God, when I got serious with God, once God told me something, that's what kept me through the, the storms and the hurdles. So once God said it, so God said, this is my wife. So we, we, t- we told this testimony while we was out there too. But the next day, no, that night, I had hurdles that night. She got back with the guy that she broke up with. That night, you know, like, and then, you know, she, that, I'm not going to dog him out. I'm just saying there was a lot of hurdles. But God said that was my wife. And if you asked her, I never said, like, there was no pressure, but something wrong with you. I, I didn't stalk her. I was just like, listen, you know, if you believe, I told her, if you believe that, you're supposed to be with that guy. I say, hey, I don't want to get in the way of that. But the whole time I knew, God told me that was my wife. See, see, I was, I was playing off of what God said. We moved to Charlotte. God said Charlotte was the place you're supposed to move. So you got hurdles. You got last-minute changes. We thought we was going to have a lot more support. We come out here with $625, but God said go to Charlotte. When I told you the story at the beginning of how we wait around, we're we doing Bible study. God, the reason I went to God, I went to God because, wait, so you, you told us to come out here. So you brought us out here and we're just going to do Bible study at the house? And in that conversation, he gave me the next breadcrumb. Oh, no, you're going to start your first service 10 months after you left the other church. And sure enough, we started the first service 10 months after we left the first church. And he sent $10,000 to make sure we did it. A sign, you know, to confirm it. And then, so now we're in the dance studio. I asked him again, so, so, Lord, like, so we're just going to be stacking up chairs? Like, this is, like, I don't want to stack up chairs tonight, even though I had to do it. I said, man, we want, we want taking people to eat every week, man. We could save up that money. He said, you keep taking care of the people. God said this. I'll take care of the church. What we did, the next Sunday, we had 27 people that we took everybody to eat. And I could have, but... If I guarantee, if it, I might not even said, let's go eat. If, 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 you know, if I wasn't, if I had a conversation with God and then when everybody said yes, everybody never says yes. I mean, at the most, you, you're going to be stretched because there's 13 people in. 27? We went to an all-you-can-eat place. Um, we, we did, you know, yeah, it's that name, but, well, I won't repeat the name of it. But, uh, I mean, we, they knew us after a while. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Come on in. Like, you know, they, they, they knew us, you know, like, because we was there all the time. And then 
the next, the next, uh, the next day, actually the next day, there was a check for sixty thousand dollars in our PO box. That's how we got the second building. But we took the step first. God said something, and we took the step. What, what I'm saying is, obviously, because we were telling the story when we was away. Obviously, there is. God told us this, and circumstances coming at you, and your, your flesh wants to, to flow with the circumstances, but I'm going to tell you, that word be screaming at you. What did I tell you? I feel like my, like, like, like God, like my daddy going, what did I tell you? Like, when, even if I start thinking, and then the Holy Spirit being there, what did I tell you? Just do what I told you to do. And each time, we just do what he tells us to do. And that's, the, if I can sum up my life, I can't. But God says something, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to roll with that. So no matter how it looked, even when we, we had misunderstandings, arguments, I think the second year, she even brought up the D word, like, in, a, in an argument. And I was like, I don't care. That's my wife. I'm not going nowhere. Like, and, you know, 20, 27 years later, married, 28 years of knowing each other, we're still the best of friends. Same thing. Coming out here, man, it's, 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 it's excruciating to deal with the uncertainty of going someplace you've never been, leaving a place of familiar where, you know, because you know, sometimes like you like to go where everybody knows your name. You know, I was going to sing the song, but I didn't. I did. I, I let that go. Right? But, but you're in this environment where you show up and, and people know you or you have access to certain situations, and you're leaving that to nobody knows you. What, what, you can only do that if you're doing what God tells you. And, and, and I'm not saying it's easy, but it's worth it. I know that's a C.C. Winer song, you know. It wasn't easy, but it's worth it. <laughs> right, so, 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 so let's get back to that prioritizing patience in the goals to fulfilling purpose as we pull on God's promises. Prioritizing patience. Because I heard somebody say this today, they're young it might be, uh, you're in the teens, I won't be specific. And they was like, it just seemed like it's never going to happen. And then they made the statement, but I know I'm a teenager. But it seemed like, so what happens is, and, and this person had a, had a fleeting moment of thought. We gave some encouraging words. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to be fine. But suppose that, that fleeting thought becomes a, 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 your lens that you're looking through. 10, 15 years go by. And you're still thinking that. You know, 10, 10, 15 years go by and and your faith is in, I don't believe it's going to happen. You got more belief than it's not going to happen than it does. So the thing that you greatly fear, the thing that you really believe comes upon you. So when you say it doesn't happen, you've proven it does. You believed, you didn't believe God's will, but you believe they will. Either the devil's will or yours or theirs, whoever them are, haven't met them yet, but I've been hearing about them for years, right? You believe them, they, the devil, or yourself, and it manifests what you believed. Right now, we're living out what we believe. God's trying to give us a a transfusion to believe what, believe in his original design of us. His original purpose of us. His original plan for us. So if we can, if we can uh, uh, let this word come in 
Interest of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. See, see, it's a lamp unto our feet, so it's to show us where we're at. We raise this light into our path. We'll see the breadcrumbs down ahead. The breadcrumbs has been there the whole time, but we've been too clouded to see them. All right, so that's, that's enough for today. Uh, just wanted us to get us back on a God's breadcrumbs page. This is going to connect to uh, what we're going to talk about on Sunday, um, uh, caught up and keeping up.